Welcome to the five of us. We are five outspoken women with close to 150 years of experience as broadcast journalists. We left our jobs on the very same day and we are dedicated to helping women avoid the many pitfalls common to the workplace. We've heard from hundreds of people recounting tales of woe on the job, and we have done the research, we're putting it all in a book, and we are here to help. I'm Roma Tori, and along with Kristen Shaughnessy, Janine Ramirez, Vivian Lee, and Amanda Farinacci, we are the five of us. Hi, everyone. It hasn't gone unnoticed that we are entering a work revolution in this uh, first quarter of the century. Um, Artificial intelligence and advanced technology is creating an explosion of new careers and also leading to the extinction of uh, others. And it's happening so quickly, uh, many of us have yet to keep up with it, let alone even notice what's been going on in, in the workforce lately. So it's time for a reality check. Um, the future is here. I always you know, think of the Jetsons and all the cool things that I used to think were just so amazing as a child. Um, some of that is here. I mean, we don't have flying cars yet, but we, we do have self-driving vehicles and we're just sort of on the verge of you know, that being the, the new revolution in transportation. So anyway, um, Work is changing at an exponential rate, and we've already lost some jobs that we used to rely on, you know, even 10 years ago. So, Janine, why don't you start us off and um, sort of give a rundown of uh, the jobs that have disappeared lately? Well, it's not even lately. Over the course of my lifetime, I mean, there was a point where Kodak was the premier industry because uh, company right because it was like film and processing film and that's kodak went bankrupt nobody's doing that anymore it's all digital that's gone away um travel agents travel agents you usually want to book a trip you went to a travel agency and they put together your whole itinerary and you paid that person that's gone away for the most part you just do everything online. You can research online. You can book everything online, the hotel, the airfare, everything. You go to stores these days. There's a lot of self-checkout. So where are the cashiers? You go and you could, you know, check out yourself. So those jobs are disappearing. Bank tellers. I remember when I was little, my mom used to have to go to the bank and stand online to deposit a check or take money out for the weekend. You know, the banks were closed on the weekends. So here, you know, you get ATM, you you do online banking. There's no real need anymore as much for a bank teller to get your 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 money and exchange money and deposit money. You just could do that all online. Um, if you can even go to McDonald's, you go to McDonald's and there's like an app <laughs> you could order off of the app. You don't have to tell somebody your order, you order, you know, and they just give you a bag filled with whatever your order was. There is um you know, taxi drivers, obviously in New York City, taxi drivers had have been having a hard time. They paid a lot of money for a medallion to become a, ta- a yellow taxi driver. And Uber comes around and now everything, they're still drivers right now because you did talk about self-driving cars. There are drivers, but now the whole technology and how to hail a cab is on your phone. It's all technology-based. So it, it eliminates a lot of the yellow taxi drivers. It eliminates a lot of dispatchers who used to talk to the taxi drivers on on where to go. 
Um, uh, you know, cable TV, uh, newspapers, people are getting their news online and not getting the print version anymore. People are streaming, people are watching shows uh, streaming. So the whole television industry is going through a revolution. There is, you know, warehouses and warehouses. A lot of people are not doing the packing and the stock room duties anymore. That's all automated for the most part That as well. Accountants even, like normal people, individuals are just going to TurboTax and they're doing their tax returns online. And the computer is now flagging, you know, if there's something wrong and we'll fix it. And and uh, and, and same thing for for a company, they'll turn to like a QuickBooks and they'll be doing payroll, entire payroll systems or expense tracking online. They don't really need a person to take care of the books. I mean, it just goes on and on and on from postal workers, right? You're seeing, we're seeing like the US Postal Service, um, you know, that's not being able to maintain itself. It's not sustainable um, based on everybody just doing all their stuff online you're just emailing people or you're just paying bills you're not really putting it in in the mailbox anymore and so the whole automation is changing everything um customer service even customer service everything is virtual is it how can i help you you say you see it right on the screen so there's a virtual assistant for you for that so obviously automation is cheaper for companies uh they can get these automated systems to work 24 7 unlike people there's no compensation or benefits after you put the the uh, the system in place there's no compensation there's no benefits they're usually faster um, specifically for jobs that are like more repetitive or monotonous or, you know, a little bit more dangerous, like even um, drones are going in to do some surveillance work or some detonating of bombs. It, it's not a person anymore. So across all industries, automation is really, technology is really taking over all these jobs. And so um, it's, it's going to keep going like that. It's not going back. So those industries and those jobs, a lot of them are gone forever. Yeah, I read somewhere that uh, robots, uh, for every one robot, um, you lose 3.3 jobs. So, you know, uh, I, I know a lot of people are really worried <laughs> about their future employment. But, you know, on, on the positive front, jobs that um, exist today and are likely to stick around, this is according to the Bureau of uh, Labor St- uh, Statistics, the four, this is odd too, the four fastest growing job categories. Well, the first one makes a lot of sense, nurse practitioners, right? I, I, I don't think we're at the level now where a robot can necessarily treat what ails us. Um, but along with that is wind turbine service technicians, which is pretty cool. And then it's ushers, lobby attendants, and ticket takers. <laughs> I don't know why that can't be automated. It's just really weird. And get this, movie projectionists. <laughs> Those jobs are here to stay, which is really bizarre. But the reality is that jobs are disappearing before our eyes. And um, I guess you could say it's thanks or no thanks. Uh, a lot of people are thinking to robotics and, and technology. So uh, uh, Amanda, what can we look forward to not seeing in terms of uh, jobs existing in the in the near future. I think Janine did like a really good job of giving the, the jobs that don't aren't going to look like exist anymore. Um, she kind of went soup to nuts on all of the things that will be gone. So I think that people need to start um, really imagining 
um, what the future looks like without some of the things that we've all sort of grown up with. Like um, I, I actually used a travel agent to book my honeymoon like 10 plus years ago. And I had a conversation somebody, with somebody recently, they were planning a big trip and I, and the name, the thing of a, like a the topic of a travel agent came up and it was, it was like, wait a second, like, who even do they still even exist even at all? Like, like, and so I have a friend who even wanted to start a business like that. And she was like, yeah, I think it's, it's important to have somebody share their personal experience. And then someone else chimed in and was like, that's what like TripAdvisor is for, where you like put the review online and you can read through all the different comments and see. Um, so I think that, um, you know, what we've got now is a, a society where people are just looking for quicker, faster, cheaper, easier, more efficient, right? And some of the, unfortunately, some of the jobs that exist um, that traditionally were done by one person, several people, manual labor kinds of things, pre physical presence, those jobs are just going to be gone. Even like if you go in the subways, right? Like you don't even see a toll collector anymore, which which starts a whole conversation about like safety pieces because like just because you can swipe a card or stick a coin, you know, or whatever with your phone. Um, to even think about how many how many jobs your your phone has replaced. Like just you carrying around your phone, right? Like what you can do. You don't have to call to get movie theater tickets. Like what you everything you do is like on your phone with a QR code that you scan with through an app or something else. So um, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think these are like interesting changes. I think like my children are like under 10 and they'll grow up in a completely different world in which things that when I, in 20 years, when they're older, I'll say, Oh, remember when there was like a cash wrap person at stop and shop and they'll be like, what in God's name is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I think that we have to just start thinking about um, what the jobs will look like in the future, like what things will happen. You know, I also I do have some hope that um, some of the jobs in the excuse me, in the future will be that there are actually humans who will like, quote unquote, police what all of this artificial intelligence is, is doing and like they will be able there's like that there are systems in place to control so that we're not like overrun like terminator um by artificial intelligence and robots um and i think that just begs the the point about um the importance of robotics and science and engineering and all of that stuff i think that those are the jobs that really look like they're going to be around would mm. be that would be my my best bet for like where you should put your time and energy Yes, yeah, education, right? Yeah, yeah, with the new technology. By the way, you know, with the, the Writers uh, Guild uh, on strike and the writers are on uh, strike these days, and I came across an article in Fast Company that is really depressing. And I'm just going to quote the line that I read from there because can you believe it? They're talking about even writers um, losing their livelihoods uh, to technology. Um, and the quote is, studio CEOs are betting on several trends working in unison to make writers obsolete or at least lessen them as workers, creators, storytellers, and human beings. Wow, that 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 just, wow, that bodes really bad, bad news for all of us, I think. You know, I'm, because they're, you know, they're talking about artificial intelligence substituting um, for human creation. I mean, the, the, the ability that humans have to create and that really is is terrifying. And I think we've all seen as well that um, record producers are able to replicate the voices of, you know, famous pop singers um, like Drake. Um, I, I, I forget some other names, but it, they can create songs that sound exactly like 
these singers sound and it will fool people. You know, um, this, this to me is, is not a good sign, but anyway, I, I digress a little bit. Kristen, as we look ahead, um, the, the good news is there are going to be new jobs that are being created that uh, we can all take advantage of. Uh, it's going to require a whole new skill set and new training, but I, I guess that's uh, gives some hope to young people who are you know looking ahead to a future where technology is taking over. Before I get to the more serious numbers, I just saw earlier there was a, a woman, she's, she's like an influencer. We were talking about social media in one of our past podcasts. And she created an AI version of herself. And she's now renting herself out as a girlfriend, a dollar a minute. And it looks just like her. So what? anyway, there's room for influence. What, what does she do? What do you mean renting her? What are you doing? Yeah, what does she do for a minute? She, the talks, it looks like her. It's like, an, yeah, crazy. I mean, like that, is it like I'll that send movie? it to you afterward. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like that movie with Scarlett Johansson when the guy falls in love with her and she's oh, I didn't see that one. Her, right? The voice. Right. Oh, yeah. oh, oh right, right. Yeah. All right. So some other numbers now. That was just something that I saw. The World Economic Forum of this year, they estimated that about a quarter of the jobs that we have right now are expected to change in the next five years, which is pretty wow. significant. It's about 23%. So 69 million new jobs will be created that we don't know about, which is great, but 83 million jobs will be eliminated. So right. that's a scary number because, you know, 69 million to 83 million is different. These are some of the jobs that they say they expect 2 million uh, jobs to be created in each category from this year, 2023 to 2027. It's heavy truck and bus drivers, which is interesting, right, with all the automation, um, vocational education teachers. So there's been a lot of talk, will college be as necessary? But vocations will be. So I sort of feel like all the people who do the vocational schools get their comeuppance, which I like, you know, like they, they get their turn in the, in the sun, which is nice. Um, Self-driving mechanics, because I always wonder what happens to mechanics when everything goes electric, right? Because then it's a computer, but they need self-driving uh, mechanics and machinery repairers. Those are the categories that will add 2 million jobs a year. Some of the other jobs that they say will happen are autonomous and electric vehicle specialists, which makes sense, AI and machine learning specialists, environmental protection professionals. Some of these job titles, I'm like, there's a couple more too. FinTech engineers and sustainability specialists. So first, I guess you have to figure out like what each of these jobs really entails and what where it fits into your, your world around you. Um, and then in Replicom, they had this, I thought this was funny because it's chief productivity officer. I'm like, really? Like, what is that? Come on, right? Chief productivity officer, probably making a huge amount of money, whatever. So instead of, I guess, a CEO, you have a CPO. I don't know. Um, <laughs> then they have an excess capacity broker. And you're like, what the heck is an excess capacity broker? Turns out if it's like they take all the um, idle assets because you won't need as much space, you won't need as, as uh, much machinery. So rent those out and find out where they can be utilized. So that would be what that person does. Remote drone drivers and pilots, you were talking about drones, Janine. So they need people who can figure them out and get them where they want to go. A medical mentor, um, this would be someone who follows up on your appointments because you know how all the doctor's appointments are sort of so rushed now because healthcare is the way it is. This is someone who checks up, makes sure you're following all the protocols, also helps you through the insurance process if you need that. So all those different things that, that liaison that 
really is missing today. So that, that makes sense. Two more for you. Um, a cybersecurity threat specialist for obvious reasons. I think we need those now. And then the other one, or two more, virtual reality programmer, because virtual reality is so big, especially among like the teenage set and the 20 year olds. And then the final one is an end of life coach. And yes, you have hospice, but this is more um, creating more days to live, um, putting more life in your days as opposed to putting days in your life. So um, just a different way of thinking about death and the end of your life. Wow. Well, that's profound. <laughs> wow. Um, well, you know, you talk about all these things that, and they're going to require specializations and new ways of learning and uh, new new curricula in schools. And yet I, I've heard it time and time again that schools are not preparing students for the, the future. And so I, I think it's time for a reset in, in the way we think about education in this country. And I, I know that Vivian, you've been uh, eager to talk about that because it, it, is, it is a problem that is, is pretty obvious these days. Yeah, there's a weird chicken and egg kind of argument happening on that. I'll get to that in a second. First off, a couple of stats showing just how bad the situation is. There's an organization that's been around since 1956 called the National Association of Colleges and Employers. So these are the institutions who have been linking with potential employers for decades to try and make sure that those in higher education are providing students what they need to be productive members of the workforce, right? And what they are reporting is that over the last couple of years, only 30% of colleges and universities career centers in the United States actually had industry partnerships that the students on campus could take advantage of. So that's a dismally low number. And it shows that the relationships between higher ed institutions and organizations and companies, they have not been established and thriving over the last several decades since this NACE organization um, has been in existence. And then recently, uh, Google and a consulting firm known as BCE did a survey of more than 160 American business executives and a few dozen, couple dozen higher ed officials. And what they found was that only 36% of the employers felt that their workers were coming out of higher ed institutions with adequate training. So the employers are noticing that the students are missing something. Meanwhile, there is a model out there. Um, I read a report about Northeastern University in London, which started uh, something that they called an experiential learning partnership with a tech firm known as ServiceNow. Uh, It started in 2021. And what the students of Northeastern University did was they were placed in jobs with ServiceNow, where 80% of the time on the job, they were actually learning new skills that that company wanted them to have. And then another 20% of their time was spent fulfilling the requirements so that they could graduate from their programs. So it's made easier because the UK actually has a government subsidy that universities and colleges can take advantage of to make these partnerships available. Um, There's nothing as robust here in the United States, although when you have organizations like the National Association of Colleges and Employers, you would think that you know, they would be talking to each other. Meanwhile, the chicken and egg argument that I was talking about before, 
and this was um, a direct result of the pandemic, uh, there's a lot of statistics showing that there's an incredible drop in the number of students, potential students who are enrolling in undergrad programs. Um, in fact, a lot of colleges and universities, some as old as 150 years old or more, have been shuttering because their enrollment is so down, there is no money coming in. A um, couple of examples, Lincoln College in Lincoln, Illinois, shut down, San Francisco Institute of Art shut down. And experts are saying that if college is is on the horizon for you or for your children, that you really should be looking at the college's um, financial uh, situation. Like take a look at whether they have academic bloat. I'm not even sure how you would even start to measure that. But the fact remains that there is declining domestic enrollment. And a lot of these colleges and universities are relying on international students who come with cash in hand. The bulk of them do not apply for scholarships the way American students do, and they're ready to start paying for their tuition. Um, another sobering statistic is uh, from the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center, which reported last fall, fall of 2022, that over the last couple of years, enrollment had dropped by 1.4 million students compared to two years prior to that. And that represents a 9.4% drop. There was a whole bunch of other microdata uh, in their study um, that they put out last fall, but it's it's a terrible number. I mean, the private elite colleges and universities like Ivy Leagues, they're fine. They're still fine. They'll probably be fine for quite some time. It's the smaller uh, colleges and universities and the public institutions that are hurting the most because they're lacking revenue. Are they lacking revenue because students are figuring, you know, it makes more sense to go get a job anywhere right now to try and make money? Um, a lot of students, uh, they weren't able to afford the technology you needed to go online. So they dropped out during the pandemic. Their parents lost jobs during the pandemic. And what we're finding right now is that even with the pandemic sort of receding behind us now, the enrollment isn't quite up to where it was even a handful of years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it seems to me like the trend is targeted learning now that mm -hmm. uh, more and more kids go to school because they want a good job. I mean, I, I know that goes without saying before, but um, I think the days of, you know, going to school, not knowing what it is that you want to do and just majoring in liberal arts, uh, are going to the wayside or waning. Um, I think we really need to pinpoint an area or a field that we want to excel in and be trained specifically for, because um, the, the the workplace is just changed so dramatically, and technology has truly taken over. Um, you know, I'm I I always end with a quote, and I'm going to end with this quote, but I, there's a little more explanation to it, and it's kind of chilling. <clears throat> And the quote is um, from Ray Kurzweil, who's a sort of a futurist scientist who's made some predictions in the past that a lot of people say have already come true. But in his quote, he, he says, artificial intelligence will reach human levels by around 2029. Follow that out further to say 2045, we will have multiplied the intelligence the human biological machine intelligence of our civilization a billion fold. So, um, and just to amplify on that, um, Kurzweil, who's, who gave that quote, had predicted that the, okay, he calls it technological singularity. 
And that is defined as the crucial moment when machines become smarter than humans. And he says that's going to occur in our lifetime when machines become smarter than humans. And it will, in essence, um, uh, go beyond our ability. Machines will go beyond our ability to control them. And it keeps, you know, what keeps coming to mind is that scene in 2001, A Space Odyssey, um, near the end when um, the, the computer HAL has essentially taken over this, the, the spaceship and the, the, uh, the character Dave, who's the astronaut, wants HAL to open up a, a door and Hal says, no, I cannot do that, Dave, in that awful flat voice, you know, and it's like, oh, my God, the, the computer is overruling the human. And um, we're, we're close to that point. And then there's just one other thing that really caught my eye, and that is that um, Kurzweil is projecting that it it's, won't be long before we can achieve, get this, immortality. And he actually said it could happen as early as the year 2030, just seven years from now. And um, and just to sort of put an exclamation point on that, he, um, he said um, he believes that our technological and medical progress will grow to the point that robotics, um, which he calls nanobots, will work to repair our bodies at the cellular, cellular level turning disease and aging around thanks to the continual work of robotic know-how and then voila immortality. Can you imagine? And he's, he's um, projecting as soon as uh, the year 2030. Wow. That's a, a little great... disturbing and apocalyptic about that. So we could achieve immortality only to have absolutely no function left. <laughs> no ability to work at the no control, right? Because they're all gone because they've all been automated. It's it's a weird. It's kind of some kind of self destructive. I don't know. Paradigm. Do you guys really want to live forever? No. no. <laughs> and wait, what it does to global economics? You know, all these. I mean, it, the economy counts on you know people's demise because you just can't afford to maintain all these bodies on Earth, right? So. Um, Especially if they're not working because all the machines are doing all the jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So what are we going to do? Where's the money coming? You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's and a you could, you could make yourself stick with worry if you sat there and thought about it long enough. But yeah. there are good things too, right? I mean, it could revolutionize like medical care and all of that stuff in very good ways. So you just hope the power, the people with the power who are programming these machines have integrity. You know what's a good example? You know how if you guys have like stop and shop, I don't know if you have that like near your house or whatever. We have that near my house and they have that like robot thing that like goes around the aisles. And so yeah. we've been in the store where and my kids like are kind of interested in it, but they're, I think they're a little bit afraid of it because it's like, it's like, just like it looks, it almost looks like uh, like a, a maid on a I don't even whatever it's it's just weird it's just a weird thing, but we were in the store one day when the thing was like literally following somebody and my my girls were like mom like what is the robot doing and who what it was it was a woman and like an older an older guy and they were you could see they were like visibly I think that the machine um, I, I assume there's some control on the machine that's like in you know some room somewhere but like people were flipping out because this robot was like on a mission following this woman and her husband, like up and down every aisle. And it, I mean, I'm like laughing about it, but like, 
that's the whole point, right? Like where you're like, wait a second, why is this freaking machine following me? I'm trying to buy some freaking apples. Like get me out of this place, right? Like that's the whole the whole point. What is Aren't they for yeah. like to clean up spills and they are, but we were at a restaurant and they delivered our food. There was two uh robots, they delivered the food and were like taking orders. Oh, that's yeah. a lot. How yeah. about delivering the news? I was in Toronto not long ago. Right. I was driving and I almost had to pull over because I realized this voice had given all the top headlines, the weather and sports. And it was all in a monotone. And she said certain things that Torontonians would not say, you know, like you don't refer to the MTA here in New York as the Metropolitan Transportation but this voice referred to the TTC, which is the equivalent in Toronto, as the Toronto Transportation Authority. And I was like, first of all, nobody would say that in Toronto. Second of all, it sounds awful. Third, nobody says Toronto in Toronto. And it was just, <laughs> I was stunned because, you know, on the heels of Apple announcing that they were going to hire more AI voice trackers to do their audible books, their their auditory books. I, I mean, it's it's coming. It's, it's here, right? Well, give it another year. They'll probably perfect the voice, right? Or another two years. You'll, they'll sound human. I have faith though, that human beings are going to want connections still mean something and there will be God, enough so. pushback. Enough. I, I hope and pray, but you know I what? I want an usher. I want a movie usher. <laughs> I want a movie projection, projectionist. I mean, I really, I really hope, but you know, there's a cynical side of me that says it's a lot cheaper to get a robot to do these things and, and you know, get artificial intelligence to voice a news anchor. And it's scary. It really is scary. We just uh, have to hope and pray that um, that that wisdom, prevails, wisdom yeah. prevails and that there's, as you say, integrity and, mm -hmm. and ethics that go into it. All right. This was great conversation, guys. We we should go. But uh, good luck to you and folks listening in. I hope you're able to keep your jobs at least in the next year. And we'll see you next time. Thanks again. Thanks for tuning in to The Five of Us. We want to hear from you with any questions, ideas, or suggestions for future discussions. Just write to us at the email you see here, and we will be eager to help. Talk to you next time.